Chapter 1, What Lies Below The medical ship Lombard was returning from his year-long joint research mission with the Terrians on the outskirts of Earth Force borders. As the inter-Earth Force protected space, the science officer of the Lombard noticed a flash of light coming from the left forward panel of his station as they came within range of the moon Pirates. The officer turned the scan and focused it directly on the moon's surface, and seconds later, the signal was identified as a biosignature. Captain, sir, it's a life sign. What are you talking about, Ensign? The young Ensign explained to the captain that she was receiving a biosignature from the moon Pirates. With surprise on his face, the captain jumped up from his chair and went to the science panel. He looked over the shoulder of the science officer and stared at the signal long and hard, not believing his eyes. The ensign looked up. Excuse me, sir, what is it? The captain calmly replied, the moon is uninhabited. Captain, sir, is it possible that the person may be wearing a biobread suit? No, a bio suit does not just give off a biosignature. It also gives off the wearer's ID, and we are not receiving an ID. The captain returned to his seat and ordered the pilot to come to a full stop. Once the ship sustained an orbit above the signature, the captain ordered his security officer, Lieutenant Scram Roberts, to assemble a small team to dismount to the moon surface. He informed Roberts that what he might find might or might not be humanoid and not to take any unnecessary risks. Lieutenant Roberts, being a veteran of dismount missions, assembled a team consisting of one medical officer, a science tech, and a junior security officer. He instructed his crew that they were going on a HAS-X mission, which required a full bio-brad suit. As it was with all dismount teams that required a bio-brad suit, the team leader gave a brief on how the suit worked and what to do if it failed. Lieutenant Roberts explained to the team that the suits were made from terite cloth, the most durable material in the known universe. The suit had an organic exoskeleton mesh in the inner liner that helped to ward off most known viruses. The suit attracted the viruses to its biosignature and destroyed it or contained it for a short period of time, allowing the wearer to get to safety. The suit was developed with the onset of the burial plague of 2234 and instrumental in finding a cure. The suit was used to protect the researchers and control the spread of the plague. Robert's tone became sharper and more direct. If the suit takes damage or fails in any way, try to get to safety as quick as possible. He then concluded, in brief, the team acknowledged Robert's brief and proceeded to board the shuttle. The shuttle exited the bay and headed for Pirates. Lieutenant Roberts was so excited about this mission for it was the first action he had seen in three months. Roberts had always served on battle cruisers or carriers where all the action took place, and he missed it so much. His assignment aboard the Lombard was somewhat of a punishment for disobeying a direct order to stand down during a border scourge with a proxy export team on the planet Dafoe. Roberts ended up losing a team member on that mission and was responsible for the death of four proxies. Roberts' action later proved to Earth Force that the proxies were installing a space mine system, a system that would have hampered Earth Force patrolling the border. Throughout his whole life, Roberts had been a hero to some and disobedient to others, which had resulted in him being sent from one ship to another. That was how he got his name, Scram.
On the bridge, the science officer continued to monitor the biosignature from the moon. The shuttle entered the moon's upper atmosphere. As it began to descend to the surface, it was hit by an ionic storm. The shuttle shook violently, but the shield held. Lieutenant Roberts installed the box stabilizers, and the shuttle began to level off. Once the team had complete control of the shuttle, they began searching for the signal in the dense cloud and gas cover. But they were having no luck. As Lieutenant Roberts was about to contact the lumbar, he was interrupted by an incoming message. The message was coming across broken, but he understood what he was hearing. This is the lumbar. We have lost the biosignal. Proceed as a recovery mission. Knowing that his job just got harder, Lieutenant Roberts ordered the science officer to lay out a wide search pattern 50 miles north to south once they broke the crest barrier and to search for anything that moved, shook, or flickered in any way. The crest barrier hovered 100 feet above the ground and the atmosphere below it was somewhat clear. The gases were deadly but not volatile. The shuttle had just come within 20 feet of the crest barrier and they were starting to pick up shapes but nothing looked like a ship. Since they were clear of the dense and charged cloud cover, the medical officer figured they were close enough that he might get a signal that the lumbar could not detect. The medical officer started the bioscan and ran it twice, but still got no signal. At this point, the team knew they were looking for a body. As the shuttle broke the crash and moved westward, the scan picked up a metal structure. The shuttle moved in closer and still could not make it out. Lieutenant Roberts piloted the shuttle to a clearing within 50 feet of the object, which was also 500 feet from a ravine of spurting gas spouts. Led by the lieutenant, the team exited one by one. Once they were all outside of the shuttle, they found themselves staring up at the crest as though a snake charmer had hypnotized them. Lieutenant Roberts broke the silence by ordering them to move out toward the structure at a distance of five feet. As the team got closer, they noticed the tracks that looked like a shuttle landing but most of the tracks were windblown. They continued moving in on the object carefully. As they got closer, they noticed a faint light straight ahead. Still unable to run accurate scans, the team was now down to see and touch analysis, so they moved in cautiously. After going another 10 feet, the junior science officer noticed something that looked like man-made mounds to the left of the object. Sir, there, look. Those look like graves, the officer said. Lieutenant Roberts looked and waved the team to move toward the mounts. Once they were right over the mounts, he looked up at the structure and noticed that it was a shuttle of unknown configuration. He turned to his science tech and junior security officer and ordered them to excavate the graves. No one should be buried on this hell ride. As the two officers started to dig, Roberts and the medical officer walked to the front of the shuttle and entered cautiously. After exploring the operations compartment, the two officers noticed a door at the rear of the shuttle. They slowly moved toward the door. As they approached an attempt to open it, they found opening it was a challenge. After trying twice, the third time was a charm. The door slowly crept open as they pulled on it. Once they had the door halfway open, they noticed a body lying on what looked like a medical bed. They moved in slowly to get a better look at the body. The medical officer quickly turned to the lieutenant. Sir, I do not recognize this race. Lieutenant Roberts just nodded and bucked out the only order befitting of their situation. Well, he's dead. Inflate the hover sled and let's get out of here. 
The two officers loaded the body on the sled and was about to exit the shuttle when a small explosion went off, shaking the shuttle. Lieutenant Roberts ran out of the shuttle and headed to the rail with his weapon drawn. As he turned the corner, he noticed a junior security officer kneeling over the body of the science tech. The lieutenant moved in and noticed the science tech had lost one of his arms and his face was severely burnt. The lieutenant shouted violently, get him back to the shuttle. The junior security officer pulled out the inflated hover sled and loaded the science tech on it and started toward the shuttle. Lieutenant Roberts looked around and saw the other half the grave. He had seen this type of tactic before and he mumbled, proxies. Sir, the medical officer said, approaching the lieutenant, are you okay? Yes, doctor. Let's get the hell out of here. As the two men started with the body toward the shuttle, Roberts turned around, pulled his pistol, and fired toward the half-dug grave, setting off the remaining booby trap. The two men finally arrived at the shuttle just in time to see their security officer cover the face of his fallen comrade. Lieutenant Roberts, with little to say, took the controls, fired up the engines, and began to ascend into the upper crest. Back on the lumbar, the crew noticed that the two heat signatures that correspond with an explosion. Not knowing what was on the surface, the captain began to worry that one of those explosions could have been a Class A shuttle. The captain ordered the science tech to scan for biosignatures. About 10 minutes passed, and the science tech turned to the captain. Sir, it's three life signs. From that report, the captain knew what he had lost, and that was one of his crew members. By whom? All of a sudden, a voice came over the VAPCOM. This is Lieutenant Roberts requesting permission to board. The captain looked up at the monitor to see the shuttle ascending from the moon. He clicked on the VAPCOM and said, Permission granted, shuttle bay one. The shuttle arrived and the three officers exit and moved into the decom chambers. The captain, accompanied by three medical personnel, stood outside waiting to all clear. When the men departed from the chambers, they were greeted by the captain. Lieutenant Roberts, how did this happen? Robert, with an angry stare, said, It was a proxy booby trap, sir. The captain was astonished by Robert's comment and said, Proxy? Roberts nodded, Yes. The captain ordered Roberts to file his mission report and take some downtime. The medical personnel secured the two bodies from the shuttle and proceeded to the mad lab. The captain ordered the doctor to keep the mysterious corpse in quarantine until they reached the Syntec lab on Platheon 2. Join us next time for Chapter 2, Lieutenant Dr. Biffle.